What's up, guys? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview entrepreneurs on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's guests are Nurse John Doza and Baldo Garza. They are the founders of the MSW Lounge, a local health clinic here in Austin, Texas. This is part one of a series of convos I'm planning to have with them. So if personal health and entrepreneurship is interesting to you, whip out your notebook and listen to the stories of these two brilliant minds. I guarantee you will walk away with some new perspectives. So without further ado, let's welcome to the show, John and Baldo. What's up, guys? I'm here with Nurse John Doza and Baldo Garza. I'm going to try something new today. I'm always honest and transparent with where I'm at with my business and the podcast. And typically, I would start off with the intro. But as you've probably heard, if you listened to the intro of this five minutes ago, you heard my first go at an intro. I'd love to hear what you think about it. And right now, I'm going to be honest, my heart's beating a little bit faster than usual because we're starting a little bit different. But today, I'm super excited because both of these gentlemen run a business that I think is going to change the world. It has already helped my life and so many others here in Austin, Texas. And without further ado, I'd like to welcome both of them here today at Thrive HQ. How are you guys doing? Awesome, man. We're excited to be here, man. This is a beautiful place. For the people who can't see it, um, we're in East Austin, Yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, congratulations. You've been here, what, how long? So since December, December. seven months. Yeah, and yeah. you have like, we talked like it's an incubator, yeah. right? Right. You have everything you want here. You got a kitchen, <laughs> you got everything you want here. It's, it's just, this is a cool spot, man. I, just, it, I want to check out the weights down there later. And it's a, it's an honor that you're trying something new with us. That's always yeah. a, a good thing for us too. Yeah, so I, I thought, I mean, I've thought about this heavily of when I want, I, to be honest, you guys have been on my hit list um, since I started the podcast, nice. but I wanted to have some things put together before I had you on because I know you're such a you have such a breadth of knowledge in an industry that I love and I'm super passionate about. Um, but I didn't want you to come in here when I didn't have all the bells and whistles figured out because one, right now we're recording on two different cameras. We have audio going twice. So to make sure that I get all that out to you and I know how valuable your time is. So that was another reason I wanted to make sure that this was worth it to you guys. And I think we're at a position here at Thrive where it's going to be a hundred percent worth it. And I'm very, very ready for this conversation because anybody listening right now, you're about to hear a lot of knowledge bombs um, (laughs) that can help you with your health and also overall business. Um, So I'd love to just kick it right off with what the hell are your guys' thoughts in this whole COVID thing? Because <laughs> I know it's an uncomfortable conversation for a lot of people in the health and wellness space, but I'd love to hear. It's a question I wanted to ask you guys for a couple months now is like directly with your business, people are coming in and it's all about health optimization, but what are your just general thoughts on everything that's going on? I'll let John start here. Uh, so we've been open since day one of this pandemic. We are an essential business. And so we've seen the waves that have been occurring throughout you know the past three months. And we have seen a lot of people, a lot of new people come in actually, because if this is kind of what we predicted at the beginning, this is the time people take a look at themselves and say, I'm going to focus on my health and I'm going to invest in myself and my health because 
when it comes down to it, the only thing that really matters is my health. And so we feel very honored that people go out of their way to come to our location and say, hey, help me get healthier, help me get better, help me feel better. And throughout this whole ordeal, you can listen to the news, which I've actually kind of stopped doing about a month ago, and I've been better for it ever since. I can say there's only certain things you can control in this world. You can't control what you do to your body and what you do with your body and what you put into your body. And so if that is your focus and that's the thing that you want to learn, we welcome anyone to the conversation, to the table, right? And so if you have that kind of approach, then you can have an open dialogue about you know, maybe some of the approaches that may or may not help, not just short term in this pandemic, but long term, because if we haven't figured this out by now, this isn't going away. So the idea is we have to adjust and adapt. And from a business perspective, Balder will will say this as well. Um, I think we have adapted as a business. Now, what's interesting about the beginning of this whole deal is we didn't know what was going on. Most I still people, think nobody knows. Yeah, what's going I mean, on. I mean, that's just <laughs> like, probably true to a certain extent. It, don't, you, you don't know like yeah. that. You have to just make a, a gut decision on what's right for for you guys, your customers, and your business in the long run. Yeah, and I think we've done that. And I remember having conversations at the beginning of saying, okay, what if this happens? What if this happens? I'm a type of guy who I like to do pros and cons. I still, when I make a business decision, I write down pros and cons to say, why is this a good decision? Why it's a bad decision? So you can play devil's advocate. At the very beginning, we were trying to decide what is one going to keep us open you know, and then at two, how can we, th- you know, thrive in this situation to where we put ourselves in position to where we have a business that could possibly be like recession proof that that whole term? Could it be pandemic proof? Right? We don't. I wake up every day thinking I don't want to be one of those businesses you drive by and have a for lease sign outside the door. So I basically say, what are we going to do so that doesn't happen to us three months down the road? And uh, I can honestly say that through adaption. I think we're doing the right thing. I think we're on the yeah. right track. What do, you, what do you think? We've gone through all the waves too. We're like, it's it's been like, hey, you know, we're here for everyone. We're going to do whatever it takes. We'll figure it out. I take a lot of pride in like, hey, whatever it is, if we don't get it right, we're going to figure it out. Like that's 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 always been our motto. I mean, since day one, even from the just the fact that we've never done business in the health industry is not done the way that we do it because it's always like these are the guidelines you have to stick by. So most companies stay by those because they know they work as opposed to since day one that I came in, it's always like, okay, so we can't do all those things, but can we do this? No, we can't do that. Okay, well, can we do this? And it's always like asking what else can we do in a legal way? I, I, I'd like to say like, just because it's fun for me, just like, what can I get away with? But at the same time, it's like, it's it's gotta be legal. It's gotta be right. It's gotta be safe. And pushing those boundaries has always been a motivation for us. And so it's the same thing with this pandemic. And it's more like, it happened all at once is like, what can we do to make sure that we're still having fun, that people still feel safe. And then that they, the community has been a big part of us. And that has not stopped for us this whole time is that there was always a sense of community. And I'm and I, very, very proud of that. I love how you just said that. And I know what you mean by like, get away with things. Um, but I want to clarify that for the audience, because I think a lot of people out there, especially when it comes to health, they've grown up in this system that they go to the doctor and they trust every word that comes out of the doctor's mouth without understanding the entire system where that doctor is incentivized in certain ways. And it's not whether it's the doctor's fault, it's kind of the overall system. And that person doesn't understand it versus you guys are kind of breaking that mold of creating your own system of what health should be. So 
So I'd love for you to dig a little bit further into when you say um, kind of bend the rules, like, do you have any specific instances um, and throw COVID out of this, like even before COVID, what have you guys been doing to kind of like push the limits of personal health that maybe some people are just like, eh, what, what are they doing type of thing? Because what I found in my own business if, is when the people ask me, what is this guy doing? That means I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I can pick at so many parts of our business, but even if you start with just the vitamin bar part of it, right? Like supplements has always been like, you take this and you take that for your health and you take it X amount of times a day and you mix this with water or you take this with your food. For us, it was, for me, since the beginning, it was, uh, we were having a conversation in our, uh, just about something part, something else, a part of the business that we were having a conversation. And all of a sudden I was there. It's like, well, what if we took this boost, which is our multivitamin and we added Topo Chico and lime, like a margarita. And we yeah. just called it a, a slenderita. I was like, well, I don't know. It was like 10 PM. And uh, I was like, well, let me go to the store real quick. I bought some Topo Chico and some yeah. lime. And, uh, yeah, it was like 1 a.m. We were just still like hyped up because we shouldn't have taken that at 10 p.m. <laughs> Made a post about it. And in the morning, there was like three people waiting. It's like, I want to try that drink. And, and I, I can like, testify that this drink <laughs> is amazing. So like, anytime I go into in there, I'm like, I'm, that's what I'm craving. And to be honest, what you're starting is a trend. You're like a trendsetter. And, and that's where even with if I'm taking pre-workout or like I have something I was gifted from, from Roan on my counter right now. I mix in, I just went to Trader Joe's and got like blueberry lemon sparkling water. I've been trying on my own, I've been mixing it into like pre-workouts and uh, nitrogen oxide supplements and other things. And I love it. It just gives a little bit more of a spark to my day, which yeah. then I feel like- it Makes I it a, fun. Yeah. I get a yeah. bigger, better lift in and I just feel- more enjoyment throughout the day. Yeah, and it's been done with protein uh, bars or protein shakes for a while, right? Like even like when you go to smoothie bars, they'll have like, can you add some protein kind of deal? Uh, we just wanted to decide, like we want to do the Starbucks side where like people come in and they want to vitamize instead of just caffeinate. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I, I like the idea of trendsetters. I very much believe we're trendsetters in a sense that we have to look at things from a different perspective. And it's very interesting when you talk to people, if you are a trendsetter, you're going to be prepared to not have a lot of people understand where you're coming from, right? Because you see things in a different light. You know, we kind of talked about before, like, what are some of the struggles that you see from a business perspective? Well, like, Throughout this whole ordeal, you don't have a crystal ball, right? Even with COVID and all that, you don't have a crystal ball to see what's going. We don't even know what's going to happen a year from now. We don't even know what's going to happen this fall, right? Sports are trying to start up and people are trying to open businesses back up, but we still don't know. But imagine if I were to sit there and tell you, this is how it's going to happen. In the next six, eight months, this is what to expect from the business world. This is expect from the health world. This is expect from your own personal gain. This is what to expect. You might not believe me. The idea is the proof in the pudding. If you don't believe me, that's fine. It's your goal to question everything. But from a trendsetter standpoint, you have to deliver. If you bring up a new idea, a new product, a new way of thinking, you're always considered nuts. It's been throughout the course of history. Uh, science, mathematics, you look at uh, sports even. The revolutionaries that basically have been through our centuries have been considered nuts until they were proven right and they were considered geniuses. And so when you do that at the very beginning where you seem like you're just a little off and maybe there's a little something different about you, but yet you might be on the right track, people don't look at you in that light just yet. But the people who do, they kind of see where you're coming from and they buy into the idea. And then this magic kind of starts unraveling. Like you basically create this new way of thinking, this new lifestyle, and you get to see it take a life of its own. Yeah, new and, normal. And right? it's, it's like the new norm, which is kind of a 
what we're dealing with right now. From the vitamin standpoint, Baller and I talked about it and said, look, everyone takes vitamins, right? It's a, it's a good business because it's not going away. It's health, right? But how can we make vitamins fun, right? Because I remember like the Flintstone vitamins we'd had to take as a kid and it was like, it looks just like medicine, right? Like I, I don't like taking cough syrup. I don't like taking medicine. Why should I have to take a pill even if it's called a vitamin? I don't feel anything with this. I just, I know I'm supposed to take vitamin D. I'm supposed to take fish oil. Why? Well, I told Baldo, I said, what if we make vitamins fun to where you feel them when you take them? right? Everyone wants to feel just instant gratification. What if you feel your vitamins when you take them? That way you know something's going on. To me, that just seems like common sense, but all of a sudden, this is like a game changer for most people. Like, I take vitamins all the time, but yet I never felt the way that I do when I take yours. And I'm like, what? What, what the hell have you been doing this whole time? Like, I don't get it. So, so that trendsetter aspect of it is it's cool because you see things from a different perspective and it's fun in business because you get to create and you're an artist, right? And I feel wholeheartedly that the people that we meet, including you as well, you're an artist. You create things that people don't see and you set the platform for other people eventually to buy into it, right? Like every Nobel Prize winner, you know, got awarded 30, 40 years down the road after their work was started, right? Like Einstein's theory of relativity wasn't a hit right at the beginning. It was down the road, right? But even look at what we're doing with now. Like you have to understand and prepare for a new idea. It's just not like I come out with this new idea with Baldo and say, okay, let's just run with it. No, there's planning behind it, right? There's strategy behind it. Well, it's usually like, well, how are we going to make this work? How are we going to make <laughs> this work? Now that we have the idea, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> how do we protect the downside? <laughs> right, yeah. And, yeah. Be- yeah. and I, I think this brings up a good point in business. So we talk about some of the things it takes to become an entrepreneur. And everyone automatically thinks money. Like, I need money in order to become an entrepreneur. Well, we know that's not the case. Especially in 2020, you can basically start a business from your phone. I mean, that's not a problem. And you can get paid from it an hour later. Like, that's incredible, right? Even if it's flipping stuff off of Facebook Marketplace. Like, you can create a business off of that. But when you look at, like, all right, how do you take a calculated risk, that's something that's really interesting. And they don't necessarily tell you that in books, right? But the truth is, it's like, okay, let's say we have $500 in business right now to spend on something. How do I know I'm going to get a good return on these $500, right? At this point, it's like, could we say, could we give it column A, column B, column C, which option is correct? We don't know. But imagine if I say, I need this $500 to pay rent. Like, I can't just give this up. I don't have an extra $500 to give up. I need this money. How am I going to turn this money, $500 into $1,000 and then pay Baldo for it? I say, okay, I don't want to lose money because if I do lose money and it falls in my face, I don't want to lose more than 50 bucks off that. How do I lose only $50 if I try to invest 500 and turn it around and make $1,000 off of that? The calculated risk is, okay, I'm going to go with the safe route because if I go with column A and this option, you know, there's more of a likely that I will probably fail, but at the same time, I will only lose X amount of dollars. If I go with column B and option B, if I risk all $500 right away, I'll get a high return, but within two days, I might lose it all and never get it back again. But yet, I can get the return right away and then I can turn around and flip it again. So to me, this is your business mindset. Are you aggressive or are you conservative? And I think I think asking yourself that question and being okay with if yeah. you're aggressive, knowing you're aggressive, that's okay. Yeah. Or being conservative. I think where people have the biggest struggle is they're an aggressive person and they're trying to be conservative or they're conservative and they, they mess up and then they, 
fear sets in. And when fear sets in, that really holds you back. And I, I love this topic because the way that I've stepped back and looked at it over the years and why um, people don't quite understand investing in the way that you're yeah. speaking, it's because they don't understand the difference between price and cost of things. So for instance, you guys run, a, a su- you have supplements, right? Mm-hmm. So the gut supplement that I use from you guys is sitting on my counter right now. I think it costs like 65 or 70 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so most people, they see the price of that and they're just like, oh, $70, that's, that's a that's a pretty penny. Like that's like for most people, if they're making 20 bucks an hour, it's like three hours worth of my time for this thing. Right. But what is the actual cost of that? So the cost of that thing for my life is it makes my stomach feel better, which then means I can work longer, have more fun, be out on the boat on the weekends, not, not fearing that something bad is going to happen or I'm going to have to be in the toilet for however many hours, right? So the cost of it is actually positive. I'll pay anything up to a certain point for that thing. And I think a lot of people, they don't look at the price and the cost of things. And another example is like organic food, right? If you're going to go to the grocery store, everyone asks me, okay, CJ, what do you eat? And I'll start organic this, organic that, and not just the organic labels. It's I'm looking at where are these foods sourced from because they can label anything organic and you don't really know what's what's happening with it. But if you find out where it's sourced from, say on average you spend 25 to 50 more per visit over the course of a year. Say that turns out to be $1,000 more per that year. So over 30 years, you're going to spend $30,000 more in price. But what's the cost to your health? Well, if I eat McDonald's every single day, even though the price is cheaper, the cost of my long-term health is going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars more because I'm going to get diabetes, yep. I'm going to have hypertension, I'm going to have anxiety. So I think breaking it down, especially in the health care system of like the difference between price and cost, nobody ever talks about. And I'd love to dig further into this on the side of the price and cost to you guys to even get into this industry in the first place, because I'd love for you both yeah. to kind of tell your backstory of how MSW even started. Because for those listening, I, I think I met you guys roughly a year ago. Yeah. Hamza had me come into your their little studio and I walk in and when you walk through, you'll see their little uh, vitamin bar to the right. And then you walk to the back and it's just like community setting and feeling. Um, and I'd never felt that in terms of health. It's always you walk to a doctor's office. It's like, eh, I don't even really want to be here. Like it makes you feel like you have something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a problem. And, and there's if we're, a big secret. Going yeah, on. there's a yeah. secret that, no, like, why are you here? And then I don't really talk to anybody. If I go to the doctor's office, I'm literally sitting like, is that person <laughs> yeah. really sick or is this yeah. or that, right? And even with going back to the cost and price of things, like even right now, the investing of this space that I'm in was really experiential. It, I want to give you an experience when you're on the podcast rather than coming in and feeling like you have to be a certain way or talk a certain way or whatever it may be. But that cost, that price of that was, I'll be honest, 100 Gs over two years <laughs> yeah, in rent, yeah, right? Yeah. But am I going to make, I love how you broke that down. Am I going to make more than 100 Gs over my lifetime because I do this for two years? 100% yes. And if I don't, it's my fucking fault. Yeah. Yeah. So for you guys, how did you guys even come up with the idea to start creating an experience around your health? I'll let you start okay. on that, but I'll, I'm going to make a comment about it because you said about like the community part. And it's very often that we ask people uh, when they come in for a consult, it's like, hey, do you want to go step in, in there and have a private conversation? About 80% of the time, they're like, no, let's just have it here with everyone here. Yeah. 
because someone else will hear it and they kind of I mean they're not they're open about it. Like yeah. these and are they're talking about the worst very type of deep issues stuff. that you Cancer, can think of. they're talking about thyroid issues, gut issues, like they're like, no, I'm an open book. And it's cool because and it's, it's beautiful. I it, think, it's the most right? beautiful it's thing. You're, the it, opposite it, of what I, you I think am getting about. healthier because I'm now becoming an open book. Yeah. yeah, and and you you want to talk about it. If it's depression that you want to talk about, then you need to be open about it because we don't know if you're unhealthy or not unless you vocalize it, right? Like I don't know if you're really deep down in the dirt all day waking up under a gray cloud unless you say, "Hey, I don't feel well." So when people come to our office, this is what we basically going you know, going back into what, how we started this. We wanted to create a place where people felt like they had a platform, a place, a safe haven to say, "Hey, I have a problem," and it's not the easiest conversation to have with someone when they talk about their health because they feel like they're broken. They feel like there's something wrong with them. The healthcare system in this country makes you feel like there's something wrong with you, yeah. and you have to address it from that perspective. That's not the way. The truth is, is that we all have certain nutritional needs and health needs and health concerns genetically we just are made that way there's nothing wrong with that idea and, and i think that's how our story started is because he was working uh, of, of all places in pain care and, and that was all strictly just pain and it was a very secretive thing right even just from the people the way people provided answers but you can give them yeah so so actually this is how it started so balder and i are best friends we were fraternity brothers from college and, what fraternity uh kappa sigma, kappa sigma. nice yeah. i was yeah. in sigma pi sigma yeah. pi so so, <laughs> so we we became very good friends i don't we still don't know how we became best friends to this day it just kind of happened overnight we're very we come from very different backgrounds although we have very similarities like that brought us together like very common things we love music we love sports um you love good food just taking care of ourselves we're athletes right so when we kind of went about our, our ways it was very different um he is uh pretty much the most interesting man in the world so he travels the world climbs mountains travels uh every new year's he spends it out this country you know he doesn't have kids he's not married i'm opposite i'm married i have two kids you know i got the house in the suburbs you know and and when i was doing this uh you know, your typical go get a job, go, you know, start a family, go get a house and all that. I kind of did it my own way. I, I delayed everything, but I said, I want to make sure I do it under my terms. Well, I got to the point where I found a very good job here in Austin. I was in pain management and I, uh, I made the most money I ever made in my life and I hated my job. That typical idea of, you know, hey, you should be happy because your paycheck is feeding your family, your kid's able to What stay did you home. hate? I hated the idea that I wasn't making a difference in people's lives, a positive difference. I felt like I was in healthcare to help people better their lives and help them get healthy and heal them. And that's why I became a chiropractor first and a nurse practitioner second. The problem is, is I practice as a nurse practitioner in pain management, which is a very traditional setting in the healthcare model. It was the very end of the opioid crisis. So here I am dispensing opium derivative medicines, morphine, hydrocodone, oxycodone. And it wasn't with the idea that I was trying to save their lives by giving them pain pills. No, the thing was they were already on these things. I was trying to get them off of it. I couldn't even do that because they were so locked in on it. They were so, and it wasn't a lot of their faults. These medicines are designed to basically make you addicted to it. And it was a cycle that they basically were in pain. Every single month they'd come and see me, give me my refill. Give me my refill. Pee in this cup, I'll give you refill. Okay, all right, cool. If they pee in the cup and the medicine's in there, I give them the refill. If the medicine's not in there, I don't give them the refill. To me, that's not a system that is designed for health. That's, that's a broken model, but yet insurance pays for that. The and the addiction right there causes them to think they're in pain rather than to self-actualize and 
or am I really in pain? Or yeah. is am I in pain, quote unquote, because I want the painkiller? Or am I truly in pain? It's It was hard to distinguish. So I would sit there and talk to people like this and they would lie to me, to my face. Sir, your medicine's not in here. What am I supposed to do? Well, I don't know. Maybe you switch the samples. <laughs> Sir, you got this. I would have a laptop and I could check to see if they got medicines from other doctors. Sir, do you know Dr. Smith? I've never heard of them. Well, you saw him yesterday and you got 30 hydrocodons from him. That computer's lying. Okay, so after a while, I was like, I don't deserve this. I'm trying to help these people. I'm literally, I'm taking money out of my paycheck to go towards their Medicare payment, to go towards their visit so they can sit there with me and lie to my face. To me, that's not a healthcare system that works. I told Baldo, Baldo and I were always go to ACL, Austin City Limits Festival every year in Austin. And it's kind of our thing. In one year, I remember I told my wife and I was like, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch this idea to Baldo. She was like, what? And I was like, well, remember that idea I've been talking about building this vitamin bar, being an entrepreneur, working on my own. I need his help. And she said, do it. And so I had set aside, while I was working at pain management, I, I opened up my own private clinic. It was a concierge health wellness house call kind of practice. So I'd go to people's homes and I'd go over their labs. I'd give them supplement recommendations, just certain nutritional recommendations. And I was good at it. I was really, really good at it. And I loved it. And I hoped to transition over to it. But yet I had a newborn. We had a house. My wife was staying at home for the first year. I was like, how am I going to make this work? I can't just leave this job that's paying me good money and just go start a business for something that I had to create in my, my mind. This vitamin bar, this vitamin lounge that you talk about and everything, this was created out of thin air. We thin also air. Didn't, had no idea what it we was. We had no go, idea what it Go into because like, I know what it's like to like want to start something. and you, like So Baldo had no kids. No, he had, Nothing. He could make decisions He could make own. it work. And like for me, I know what it's like to have to – my decisions are dependent on someone else as well. What is going through your head? Because like for me, I was just like I have to change my life but then I also can't risk this other half. And it's like, I was caught in the middle of this thing and like that in itself and that stress, I was like getting unhealthy yeah. <laughs> with what was going on. So what was running through your head as this is going? So it's, it's incredible. I was probably healthier at this point, just mentally, but at one point it took a turn for the worse. I literally had a mental breakdown in 2014. Uh, I got all these events in my life, broke down, Wound up going to the ER. I just didn't, I wasn't in a happy spot, but yet I knew that I had to do something different. I had to change my scenery. I had to change my environment because there was, wasn't a way to live. And I remember the struggle was how do I make that calculated risk? Because the, the, the risk was I have a wife who I told to stay at home for the first year to raise our kids so we didn't have to put them in a daycare, right? Because I don't think that's fair to our kid. But I said, I'll go out and work as hard as we can. We'll get a good job and make sure that we can take, do this. So I did that. But then to leave that and even say, well, I want another kid on the way, you know, it, that's where it's, it's it, and we got a mortgage, right? So it's real. Like we need money. So my whole perspective on how I viewed my time and what I did with it changed, right? Because basically now I have to get up every day providing for two other people, not just me. So when I looked at that mentality, I said, how can I make this work? And, and the biggest struggle I had was for going back to the whole idea of being a trendsetter, what I had in my mind was an idea that has never been done before. And if it had been, it's only been done two or three times recently. So there's no data. And I'm a, a data guy. I'm a science guy. So I love looking at like, well, what do the numbers tell me? The risk tells me that our risk factor of this succeeding was probably, if we looked at it, was probably like maybe 10, 20% realistically. Yeah. 
But we never looked at it that way because I said, as long as I have this idea and I trust myself, I'm golden. But I don't know business and I don't know marketing and I don't know sales. I know health. I was trained to do that in school. I was trained to take care of the body from top to bottom. I don't know how to promote it in a way to make you feel like you need this every day, right? So I said, well, I'm going to go to my best friend and pitch him this idea because I learned very early on in business, you outsource to people who are way better at doing what you need them to do than you. So if you can't record, you hire someone who can. If you have someone who can design uh, something on the laptop, you hire that person, right? Because it's not worth your time and effort to try to do it for three to four weeks to make that email to send out for your constant contact because I was doing that up at midnight with my wife doing it. And I was like, wait, this guy can do it in two hours and it makes it look pretty and all that. Let's send them that way. So when Baldo came on board, I pitched him this idea at ACL, and I'll never forget, for anyone who's ever been to ACL, there's these flags that are right in the middle, these two, these huge poles, and everyone kind of meets at there. Well, we always meet there at the end, and we just kind of talk. And I pitched him this idea, and I'll never forget. I said, hey, man, you're my best friend. I would never ask you this. In fact, I'm actually kind of hesitant to ask you this, but I hate my job. I hate my life right now, and I need your help to get my life back to where it needs to be and serve purpose in this world. Will you stop everything you're doing in Houston, drop everything, <laughs> and come over here and to Austin and help me start this business that I have no idea if it's going to work or not, and I have no idea how I'm going to pay you, and I have no idea how I'm going to pay myself, but I feel like it's going to be fun, and it's be the most challenging thing in the world, and you said you're looking for a new challenge, so what better than to start from the ground up? And he was very much saying yes, but he's like, I need to just, before I commit, I need to make sure I cover my basis for all these things. I mean, and he did, he, he didn't say yes right away. He went back and thought about it. He, he, I mean, he did so many things transitioned over and then we got started. Uh, but it, it was pretty much a yes. I was just like, how am I going to cover my bases? Let, let me figure that out. But and what is that? So before, before, cause I want to get into your side yeah. before, before that, Anybody that was just listening, what you just said was gold in the entrepreneurial world, which is find your zone of genius and stay in that zone of genius. Yeah. Everything else is a waste of time. Um, and you talked about Albert Einstein's of the world. The reason that 40 years later, their stuff became so relevant is because they stayed in their zone of genius. They were always, they didn't care what anybody else thought, whatever they were super passionate about, they stayed there. And a lot of entrepreneurs have the problem of they want to do it all because we're addicted to control. A lot of people get into entrepreneurship because they want to control their business and control the things that they couldn't control working at that opioid clinic. So you did an amazing job, obviously, if right from the get-go, hey, I, w what can I do like realistically and what type of help am I going to need and where's that help at right now? And luckily for you, it was your best friend. So not everybody is that, <laughs> that fortunate to have their best friend that can help them, but that's a huge note so that anybody listening, like if you're, if you're trying to start something, um, think about where you play in that start because you're not going to be able to do the full 360 of everything. You're going to need uh, other people's help. Um, so I'd love to understand from Baldo's perspective, where the heck were you at in life? So we know where John was, but yeah. where were you at um, before MSW Lounge be even became a thing? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I got to say, we always wanted to work together. Even even in college, we were like, dude, we're going to have a bar together. We're going to have like bring all the bands and like all this other stuff. And like we knew we wanted to do something like that. We just stopped drinking. So <laughs> the vitamin bar. <laughs> yeah, we opened a vitamin bar Vitamin instead. bar would be the next step. <laughs> but um, I was selling Cutco for 14 year, 13, 14 years. Uh, Cutco knives is just great. You said a knives. I'm always like promoting them anyways. Um, 
and I was doing a lot for them. I was helping them uh, create new avenues of revenue, you know, helping people write scripts for, for those programs. I was running a fair and show team. I was doing my own sales. Um, I was, I got, I got really good at that. And I was getting to the point where I was just like, you know, working a little bit, just all out making a crap ton of money and then just like leaving and traveling until I would run out of money. So I got really comfortable with also not having any money because my goal usually when I would travel is like, well, I'm going to go until I like until I literally need to come back to make more money. And so so it was fine with me because sometimes I would extend like how long I have a thousand I have a flight back and I have a thousand bucks left. How long can I make this uh, last so I can stay out here as long as possible? And so I'm I'm the opposite. I'm a big risk taker just because I don't have a family yeah, to, to, yeah. to do that. And so so for me, whenever he asked that, I was like, well, that's a challenge I've never done for before. So it was already immediately a yes, but I also had a, res- a bunch of responsibilities. I didn't say yes because I'm also the type of guy that once if I say yes, then it's happening. And so I needed to find out, well, who is going to take over my role in the Cutco world, who's going to take over my clients in the Cutco world? You know, I still had a lease going on back home. So it's, it just, I decided we're like, well, how about I take some projects in Austin, come out and help out and consult for like a week at a, a month. And then that turned into two weeks a month. And at some point it was like, all right, this is, has to happen now. And I was traveling in South America and I got my car stolen and uh, I got in an accident over there and I uh, I went to jail because of that accident. I lost a lot of my savings at the beginning of the trip. So I was like, all right, this is a sign for me to like go and do this. It it, it really meant not much to me what I was doing prior to this just because it was just more of like, hey, I can make the money, I can sell it, but it doesn't it doesn't mean what it means now you know, to do all the things that we do now. Like I could, we can continue not, well, I don't want to say continue. Yeah. We, we could make no money and I'm still very happy because of the impact that we're creating and helping people's lives. I've never had that before. It's always been like a very personal, like how much do I need to go travel to that one thing or go climb that thing? What gear do I need to buy? Like it was always just those type of decisions. And then I would just make the money. Uh, and, and now it's different right now. And I think like the cool thing is you're, you value what you have now because of your your previous experiences, sure, yeah. both of you. Like yeah. you seeing what you went through in the opioid clinic, and then obviously you being able to travel and experience those things. Now, when you are helping, you kind of like get it's it's a drug in in itself, and most people can't understand it until you get into it. And I mean. I was the same way coming out of college, like an engineering degree. Like I was lined up to make six figures before twenty five. Most people aren't aren't set up to do that. And I start seeing this money and it's coming in. I'm spending it in all these different areas. And it didn't make me feel any any type of way. I was like, you bought it. Like I'm a high risk taker. I'm just like, I can make more money tomorrow. Like if if I really need to, I will just work my ass off and go make the money. So that was never the issue. And I was like, what the fuck is missing? in my yeah. life. And then as soon as you start, I, I started with personal training and seeing the difference that making someone healthier, like, and you don't really make them healthier. You just hold them accountable really to themselves and answer a couple questions for them. And then seeing them come in and be like, I got a new job. Uh, I'm making more money than I have. I'm able to provide for my kids. I'm, I feel better. I'm, I'm attracting more women, especially if you're a male, like that plays a huge role into is I feel more confident to just approach women and I feel needed and, and loved. And seeing that, that became my new type of addiction in a good way yeah. Uh, yeah. because most people will take addiction as a bad thing. But I think it's, it's good to be passionate and mission driven. So I'd love to ask when you first started it, 
what did it look like? Because <laughs> you've never worked with each other before. And I, I have only seen it like when it had some legs. Yeah. What did it look like in <laughs> the beginning? It's been very beginning. It's been an interesting. Because yeah. most people think like, this is the thing. Like I come from the side hustle world. The better you get at just being like, it's going to look fucking terrible in the beginning yeah. and I'm going to accept it and just keep moving forward. Those are the people that I invest in. I want to invest in because they're, they're calm, cool and collected when yeah. it's, the shit's hitting the fan, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you need people like that on your team. Those are also the funnest stories. Those, okay, of, of so your, of your life. So, so going back to when we first started, we were like, "All right." So Balder says yes. He says, "So what does that look like?" So Balder tells me straight up, he's like, "This is what I'm used to making. I know you can't pay me that right now. What can you pay me?" And I was like, "Well, I can pay you this." He's like, "Well." Okay, that's a. I big, went even lower than that. Yeah, he always says, "Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'll go lower than that if." I can stay with you and your family rent-free. You pay for my rent. I was like, cool, how long do you need? Calculator was like six months, eight months, something like that. I was like, yeah, done. So he's sitting there. He's living with us, me and my family. Kids like what? Omar's like what, one or two at this point, right? <laughs> he was just born. Yeah, and Merrick goes back to work. He's, sitting, he's, he's Uncle Baldo. He's in there. He doesn't have a car, right? So we're driving to work every day together. We started off at this one business. And I'll tell you this, for all the people out there who calculated risk, there's a reason why I keep saying that. You're going to screw up in business. You're going to make mistakes. That's called experience, okay? The idea is make your experiences be very minimal calculated risk because, well, be very minimal risk due to your calculations because if you screw up, you can backtrack a little bit. But if you really screw up and it's detrimental to the business, you basically have to start over. So we knew that starting off, we didn't have a whole lot of money. I basically started the business uh, then before Baldo came on board with a credit card. I didn't take out money. I basically just said, we're going to put it on the credit card. So little things here and there. So when we started off, we partnered with this one group, this health and wellness spa. Um, Balder and I were working there. We rented out a space back in the office. We didn't really have much. Didn't work out because we saw that we had bigger potential on our hands. So we broke off on our own. So we started off at a place thinking, we signed up for this. I pitched them this whole idea that we we're going to partner with this cryotherapy place and they were going to have a wellness spa. We were going to be in the back and have our own thing and, and we we're going to oversee all that. It didn't work out. It wasn't, and this took us a year of us going together, sitting there every single night at home saying, okay, is this working? Is this going the way we want? Now, keep in mind, success is different for everyone. We made money off that business. Yeah. We, we didn't lose money off that business. We grew, we added staff, we built a following, built a community. But when we did that, we saw how much effort was going into it from what we were doing, and we said, we can take this bigger. Our business partners at the time didn't see it that way. They saw their own agenda. We said, you know what? We have our own. We're going to break off and do our own thing. So it wasn't a failure in a sense that we didn't make money. It wasn't a failure in the sense that the business wasn't going well. I don't even consider it a failure. It was a, it was a learning experience. And we said we learned and adapted and said we can do it this way instead. So when we left that It was business, success with the ceiling. And, yeah, it was success with the ceiling. Yeah. So we left in that place and we broke off on our own. I'll never forget this. It was in May of 2017. <laughs> We needed a place to, to rent because our business partners didn't like the fact that we were leaving and said, you know what? I know you could stay for another month, but why don't you just leave next week? Okay, cool. So what do we do? We have patients. We have clients. Like They need us. They're seeing us on a weekly basis. What do we do? So we drove up and down Bee Caves Road in Austin looking for businesses. Westlake. Yeah. Westlake, just where you could rent out spaces. Do you have space for rent? Do you have space? Nothing. Couldn't find anything. And we had a friend of ours like, well, why didn't you ask us? Like, We have some space. So where? It's a yoga studio. Okay, this might work. Tell us about it. We'll come over and take a look at it. We went over there. It was a broom closet. 
It was 111 square feet, the shape of a triangle. And weirdest said, shape. Weirdest shape ever. They said, you can have this space. Not on top of that, that room was inside the yoga studio, which, is and, a hot which yoga was a heated yoga studio. So you had to walk <laughs> into the heated yoga studio to walk That's into ours. It's carpeted. And you had to walk into our little broom closet and we packed it. We packed it. We said, all right, we'll take it. We signed up. We moved out of that Friday. We moved in on Monday. In that 111 square foot, we grew it. We paid. We three. started the podcast. We there. started the podcast <laughs> there. We started the drinks there. We started. I was making drinks literally on the floor. Our best idea. Please tell me you have like videos and pictures. of Yes, this. we'll <laughs> show you. We'll show you. We'll show you. The very I have first. not seen. This. Like I, had, I was like, I had long hair. On I'm the sitting floor. there on a black chair. He's like, we're gonna shoot Instagram videos and we're gonna do podcasts <laughs> and we're gonna do videos every day. How, what does that look like? He's like, I'm gonna hold up my iPhone because iPhone cameras are really getting good. He's like, I'll do it. We didn't have social media, so he crazy. Yeah. Well, let's do it. I'll create our own social yeah. media account. We'll rebrand the logo. We had friends design the, the logo. The, the for one us. marketing principle that we tried to implement since day one is just like saturate the market, like be everywhere from whatever we could. Yeah. Right? Now that we Exposure. have other people. Just yeah, just be like, exposed. Just be there all the time, putting up posters everywhere. But like, how do you do that without putting money into it? Because one of the challenges at first, I said, okay, well, in order to pay for your salary, <laughs> We can't spend any money on marketing, so you're going to have to do marketing. You got to hustle. You got to yeah, hustle. So he did. Hustle. So he figured it out. And, and Baldo, Cutco, I mean, you're used yeah, to that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but it's cool because Baldo's the type of guy that when you have a conversation with him, the word no never comes up, or the idea of that's a stupid idea doesn't ever come up because it's more like, well, how would that work? Maybe if we did it this way, maybe it works. So we had to, I remember. On Sunday nights, we had a, an idea. Every Sunday night, we pulled out the cars in the garage, and we literally had a meeting. And we said, we sat down, me and him, in a chair across from each other and said, how are we going to make this work? What can we come up with? What are we doing? And we come up with some of our best ideas there. And it was a reflection of what we were doing that in that little means. room. And we did board meetings. We'd go take paddle boards on Town Lake when we needed to think outside the box. Those were our board meetings. This is how we're going to come up with our ideas. We, we get away from... The everyday, like just being in yeah, it. Yeah, you're working on the business you're rather working, than in it. But yeah. how, exactly. So many people forget that. And so you have to take yourself out of it. And so this is, brings up a good point. So for the young entrepreneurs, you're going to hear the term consultants come up a lot. Consultants are a very good thing. The problem is, is that you might not necess necessarily need them at the beginning. And in fact, the, the problem is, is that for most of the people who you come encounter, there will be plenty of people who go out of their way to basically give you these little tidbits of knowledge, things that you won't get out of a book. The problem is, is that you don't understand what they mean because they're so far advanced from where you're at. Because keep in mind, they're in different stages of the entrepreneur. People who are serial entrepreneurs, they love the startup world. Baldo and I were in the startup world. I can tell you this from day one. I would do it again, but I really don't want to have to go through that because when you, <laughs> when you start it up, you either bootstrap it or you take on investors. And if you take on investors, the clock's Control. ticking and you always have someone else telling you what to do and you basically have to make decisions based off of their money. When you bootstrap it, it's the hardest thing in the world because Baldo and I are literally sharing a car together. He's getting, you know, rent paid for. We're eating the same meals, you know, like we're, he's basically saying, I'll take this so I don't have to worry about this. So he's buying one shirt every three months. My wife's buying him a shirt. Like, you know, we talk about going out to eat. It's like, you know what? I'm cooking all my meals so I don't have to go out to eat and spend $40 on myself. You know, it's those little things that if you can sacrifice for two or three years. Yeah. Then that's where the bigger play comes in. And people can't sacrifice that long. People can't even do 30-day diets. You yeah. mean I can't eat sugar for 30 days? What am I supposed to do? Well, imagine you can't eat sugar for three years. <laughs> if your gut depended on it, you would do it, right? Because you did that before. Imagine if your business 
depended on you saying you can't ever eat out fast food again for the next three years because all that extra money that you save from that goes directly into paying a person to do your marketing. When I looked at it from that perspective, I said, okay, I trust the process because we're going to figure it out along the way. Once we get to the point in business where you say, okay, we've maximized all our time and effort because you'll get to that point. You realize it. If you get to that point, then you say, okay, all the little extra stuff that I wish I could be doing that I don't have time for, I'm going to give it to someone else. Or you say all the stuff that I wish I knew how to do, but I wish I could spend time on, I don't have the time for it. I'm going to outsource it. You start to grow and you basically leverage your time and effort. And the problem what we developed at the beginning was we couldn't duplicate ourselves. That was the biggest problem. So, oh man. So this is where consultants come in. And this is, but this is, <laughs> this where, is where I come in. But this is where the consultants come in because this is the problem. Consultants are great. But like I said, at the beginning, you might not need them because you don't know what the hell you have well, on your it hands. Comes, it, and it also comes down to, so like, I, I love everything that you're talking about and I, I could speak hours and hours and hours on this one topic, but I'll, I'll leave it at one, kind of like a one sentence. Um, you have to pay your tuition as an entrepreneur. Yep. And a lot of people, they're cool writing a check for 100K to go get a certificate that doesn't guarantee you shit. But if I told you, honestly, you'd probably only have to give up like 20 to 30K in a year or two and your time. And like, you're going to start making money off of what you're doing. Yep. You just have to pay that, that tuition of sacrifice. Um, and then what that tuition of sacrifice gives you is experience and really experience what you mentioned on and hit on earlier, it really just gives you better questions asked. So like, I know like all the failures that I've had along the way, which I don't consider failures because, and if you listen to any podcast, they talk about failure in this one way. I never go about, I'm going to fail. Like I'm always going to win, but I'm going to learn along the way and I might have hiccups. And what those hiccups teach me is experience of how do I ask the right questions when I am dealing with consultants. Yep. So now like, a good example is like my buddies Joe and Mike are the best email marketers and marketing minds, I think, in Austin, Texas. And they, the way they just think is just next level. Um, they think on the level of what I, when I care about community and entrepreneurship as a whole, like they're just niched into this one area. And the one thing that I noticed is I became really good friends with them because I knew the questions to ask them. But three years prior or four years prior, I would have been like, what the hell do you guys do? Like, yeah. I have no clue. So if they came to me, that barrier would have just been well, un you, unexplainable and I couldn't go through it. And you would have um, spent money on it and you would have been like $2,000 And have been later, like, consultants like, are stupid. Yeah, and that's, like, that's, <laughs> that, and I, I guess I should clarify because at that point, consult we have consultants now and we've had them all along. The thing is that they change because- you at different times in the business, you need different needs. At the very beginning, if you want to hire a consultant because you have no idea how to put your idea down on paper, then go ahead and hire it because you can go. I would basically hire the smartest person that you've ever met, the one the most successful person you've ever met, and go ask them, How do I start a business? and pick their brain and pay them to do it. If they can't give you the answer you're looking for, then say, Okay, fine, you're not even close to where you need to be at, right? You're still in dreamer land. Once you get to the goal, it's like, when you want to get shit done, you get to the point, you go to the consultant and say, okay, I have $2,000 now. I know exactly what I need to do, but I don't know how to get there. Can you help show us the way? If I don't have a game plan to give to the consultant, I'm wasting their time and ours. Yep, yeah. That's the basic comes down yep. to. And that's what we learned from the beginning. We had all these ideas and people were like, oh, they throw themselves at you. I'll help you with this and y'all guys need this and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, cool. This sounds awesome. They're really, they're going to help us. We pay for marketing. That was the biggest thing. Marketing is probably one of the hardest things to pay for because ads are like a godsend for most people. In our line of work, it's, 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 it's the opposite. We can't get ads approved because it's very, ads don't like supplements. 
So it's very hard for us to get a lot of ads approved. And there's only a handful of people who do get them approved. So it's very different. And we learned that the hard way because a marketer will come in and say, I'm going to get you this return on this and you're going to see this and increase in this. And at one point it was funny because this one marketer said, I asked him, I said, how can we tell if we're making a difference with your ads? He said, well, compare this month to uh, last year's month at this time. And I said, that doesn't account for anything that we're doing. We're, we're doing new marketing campaigns. We're doing new email campaigns. All you're doing is making ads. You know, we're doing all these other things. And you want to tell me that if we have an increase in sales, it's because we basically just have an, a, a growth from this year compared to last. You can't give me well, specifics. It, and it also comes down to, again, the questions that you ask. So that's exactly. how kind of I, I judge consultants. So like, especially like for you guys, you hit the nail on the head with, Baldi, you are talking about community earlier. What really is going to drive the marketing in your company is understanding what, what are, one, what are we trying to achieve long-term and what gets people that feeling. If you, if you get me an MSW, I'm like, aha, I get it. I'm willing to buy. Yep. But what gets me in the door? What gets me in the door is different than seeing a supplement ad. Yeah. If I see like-minded people having a great experience at your location, a lunch and learn, great, great thing to throw an ad across. Like, hey, come learn for free. You get free food, whatever. That'll entice me to get in there. And then Baldo does the selling. This good-looking guy, sharp, knowledgeable. Hey, come meet Nurse John. Oh, you guys are cool. I have some issues. I'm willing to be vulnerable with you guys. But the problem is a lot of these guys, and this is how you weed out consultants for anybody yep. out there, yep. is if they're not asking you these types of questions of like, what, what is really your true business model? Because your true business model isn't to sell supplements. Your true business model really is to build a community around people optimizing their health. Yep. If you build the community, you can sell whatever that community wants into that community. And a lot of marketers will do the opposite. They'll say, hey, you have this product. I'm just going to do a couple technological things and put it in a couple places and hopefully it wins. Rather, you guys are saying, well, we're doing these other things. How do we know the difference of what's winning and what's not? And we're paying you this. We don't know the return on investment, the ROI. And if you don't know the ROI on something, going back to John's point of calculated risk, don't do it. But I'd love to, because we're getting close to yeah. kind of wrapping up and John sent me with a hour <laughs> hard stop. Um, I love to get into kind of Okay, you're in this closet. Baldo's slinging smoothies. <laughs> like, how? What was the next step? Like in in your eyes, like how did you guys run through getting out of that closet into the location you're at now? I, I think pretty quickly. Even being in there, there was uh, the situation that we were in. They they are, were also trying to restructure their lease, so that we got into a point where, like, very quickly, I think four months in, we had already started thinking about: Are we going to stay in this spot? Or are we looking for something else? And how much else? were you paying there? $350 a month. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I ask this is because they did perfect, you guys like perfectly bootstrapped, is like once you outgrow your spot, then you go. Yeah. And like if you haven't outgrown your spot, a lot of people get where you go after flashy objects, flashy object syndrome. Yeah. Where it's just like you guys probably could have taken a bigger spot from the get-go, but you're like, let's prove this. So what was the point where it was just like, I can't sit in this broom closet anymore? Well, uh, I mean, it was pretty much right we away. I, we <laughs> That's what we figured out. We like a, a weekend, like a weekend. Well, the, the problem was that it was a yoga studio, right? And people would come in and uh, and they'd be like, "Hey, uh, where's John and Baldo?" Like just and while the class is going on, or they'd be in shavasana, and people were like, "What are they doing out there?" Like they're just like laying out there, like they're supposed to be working out. We're like, dude, like be quiet. It's a yoga class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this happened all the time. Well, we has we also have like a like a. Speaker in Plus there it's to play music, right? So we always had the music going on. Yeah, so right? we, so, people... so it's very, 
in that 111 square foot, we would fit like seven people at a time. And people would be jamming in And there. people would be jamming. And the New York <laughs> studio's like, y'all need to turn it down. Like, y'all are too loud. People would open the door. Like, I'll oh, see you later, guys. And, you know, like, just, and it was like, okay, we need our own space. And so even that decision was like, people were throwing, like, hey, come rent out a space for us because they saw the crowd we were bringing in. So they're like, here's another listening business. People, if you have a good product, people are always going to want you. When it comes to space, you'll never have a shortage of space. Is it the right space for you? Yeah. Like you said, we could have looked at 2,000 square foot places because we're like, this is going to work, blah, blah, but that goes above our reach. We looked at now, we moved into a 565 square foot place. And Which right, is where we're at Where still. we're at right now. We've been there for three years and we're looking at a bigger space, maybe 1,400 square feet. But look at this pandemic right now. If you're a restaurant owner, do you want to open a 3,000 square foot restaurant right now? Probably not. You can probably get by with drive through or a trailer. If you're an entrepreneur, do you need to go rent out a space downtown or can you work from your bedroom? Can you work from your own office in your house, right? You can minimize. The problem is, is that most people don't like looking at it that way because when it comes to like the the product model. Look at CPG. You go to Shark Tank, right? You get on their video on their on their TV show and they always say, "You know how much money it's going to take to get this to market? You know how much money it's going to take to advertise because Balder told me this long time ago. For every 100 business cards that you pass out, you'll get one callback." Think about the dedication it takes to hustle in business. For every 100 people you talk to, you'll get one person that says yes and you'll get 99 no's. If you're an entrepreneur and you think you have what it takes to take 99 no's, you're in the right business. If you can withstand people saying, you're crazy, I don't understand what you're doing, why are you gonna do it, you're, you're dumb, then you're in the right business because if you can see past all that, you're on this path to where you're like, I just gotta follow the process. The line of that process is not a straight line. It's up and down, it's squiggly. The line to success is not a straight line, right? But when you go through that process of going to success, and I don't know if we would call ourselves successful at this point. I think we are successful. I would probably say that because we have a business on our hands. We're still around. Hey, if you, if if you're able to keep your business alive that long, that's a I guess look I, at the percentage of business have died after one year, two years, three yeah. years. That's what I judge and my this, success yeah. on. Because I'm doing, about, I, I make money doing what I love. Like, and I'm that's helping true. people. The other and, thing and is that we have put big, it that way. That's the best way to look. The at other it. thing is that we have big dreams, but honestly, like we could cut all of those extra things and just keep the clinic, and we'd be like very happy. Yeah. But but there's more things. Are you we, are you content? No. Are you successful? Yes. yes. Yeah. Like, that's and I, I think that's what you're looking for because if you want to go conquer the world and we want to open 30, 40 locations across this country, that's a whole different mindset, franchising and all that as well. But what if we said no? What if we don't want to do that? We want to have our clinic in Westlake where we know people can always come. I want to keep treating patients till I can't. So that's the next 40, 50 years. So I want the CJs and I want the Baldos and I want people to come here who have these problems to still be able to rely on the idea that they can come see me and they can still get a practitioner who listens, right? The idea is that there'll be this special place that's a staple within the Austin community that people will know I can travel here and I can always go to MSW Lounge and they're always going to have me a welcome smile, a hug, and and they're going to, it'll be a place of healing. That might not be duplicatable, right? Which is okay, but at least we have that. What we can extend ourselves is the supplements. And yeah. basically every time that I see one of our products on someone's countertop, I think that's a gift of health that they have. And we had a hand in that process of getting you healthier. So how can we help this world get healthier? 
how can we extend ourselves? It's the products. We can reach more people if we go through products rather than services. And so that's been our shift in dynamic. And we kind of knew that at the beginning. So when you talked about how do you expand, we had this mindset even in the beginning said, well, when we move out of this little tiny broom closet, what do we move into? Do we want to move into this warehouse where we move into like 6,000 square feet and we take on the world and we, it's like, nah, because we don't know if that's going to work or not. And we're comfortable where we're at. We know if we can have a sustainable growth, we can do calculated risk along the way to yeah. where we can make adaptions. That's our business mentality. Now, that's not for everyone because some people like to go hard or I go home. But here's the other thing I'll tell you. From a business perspective, I'll leave you with this. No matter where you're at in life, when wherever you're at in your business, you need to have a mission statement. You need to have a plain goal that you can hand every single employee, staff member, or even look at yourself and basically have a reflection of where you're at with what you're trying to do with your philosophy. Our two pillars in business. And was also my That was my next question. What is your mission statement? So, <laughs> let me Go ahead. cover this. So one of the things, one of the conditions I gave him when I first said like, hey, let's do this was like as long as we keep two things in mind is like that we always educate people and that we help other businesses grow. And since then everything that we do, if they don't meet those two things, we just don't do it. It's an easy no. And that's just the way that it is because it just makes business so much easier when it comes down to those two things because then I know that if it doesn't meet that then it's not going to align with us we're not going to be passionate about it anyways and we're just going to waste our time with that anyways and so since then it's like hey how can we do this and and even now we're thinking about moving into a bigger space it's like all right is that going to help us educate more people is it going to help us bring in more businesses to you know share their craft which in turn is going to help them grow it's like yes I think the answer to that is yes so let's let's I think it's a good time to do that yeah and and I'll I'll leave you with this. The Just for the people listening out there, when you have that mission statement and you believe so firmly in it, people buy into that and they see beyond it because there's three P's that I look at in business is people, profit, no, people, products, and profit, people, products, and profit in that order. It's always about the people. It's community. It doesn't matter. Starbucks doesn't sell coffee. They sell customer service. MSW Lounge serves customer service all day. It happens to be we serve it in the form of health. So when you have that mentality, you have people that join into that vision but then they want to know, well, what's our long-term goal when things come up? We'll go back to these two pillars. If it falls in line with it, educates or it helps others grow, we should be okay. Make your decisions based off of that. But at this point now in business, knowing that that model works, I'll tell an entrepreneur or a business owner, do not be afraid to say no. Yeah. Because we said yes too many times at the beginning. And it didn't get us where we wanted to be. It didn't fall in line with those principles. So if it doesn't and it feels good to say no, feel, say no and watch how your business grows. Yeah. Where did you guys learn that? Because this is exactly, I mean, people, my audience will know I, I talk about core values all the time. And I say the, one, the reason that I built core values and my mission, like help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. I say every single episode, I've been saying it for years. <laughs> like if you're not, like when people cold email me, I ask, I don't ask them like, how much would I get paid or this or that? I say, what is the mission that you're trying to achieve? Yep. Is it trying to help people? If it's not, and if it's not growing a community, I don't want any part of it. Because at the end of the day, the business is just a representation of the person behind the business. So if the person, just like you said, the people, if the people behind that business are not genuine and authentic and mission-driven, I immediately say no to that opportunity. And that has cleared up so much for me. And my mistake in the beginning was the same thing of just saying yes. Like I joined a startup hub and I would just say yes to help anybody. And it would give me great experience. So I don't regret 
Uh, but again, you could look back and be like, that's a failure. I could have spent my time much better way if I sure. had that mission, if I had that mission or that core value in the beginning, which now I can speed up so many other entrepreneurs, like my intern Hamza last year, now business partner, where it's just like, I'm like, what is your mission in life? Follow that. If your mission, cause, and to, to end, um, this point is just like a lot of people, younger people or people in the corporate world, my audience, like the corporations don't give you a mission. You have to decide like, why am I showing up to this job? Why yeah. am I here? Therefore, a lot of people are just taking on so much work rather than be like, nah, this doesn't align with me. And if they fire you because it doesn't align with whatever, you don't, you, you should be there anyway. You shouldn't be there. So it, it clears up so, clears up so much. Um, and throughout this whole conversation, this is going to be a part one conversation yes. because yeah. I just had an idea where I want to, we ran through kind of like your story and where you're going. It was more of an entrepreneurial conversation rather than a health one. Um, in a week yeah. or two, I'd love to come through my, in, my interns and, and Hamza will be here in town. I would love to bring my setup to the actual spot and then show our audience what it looks like let's and have it. more of a health conversation. Yeah, let's do so that. this is the beauty of entrepreneurship <laughs> and conversations. Through, like halfway through this, I was like, you know what? Let's keep this as a business convo and we'll make it a part one series where then I'll go and I'll show up in your guys' space and we'll talk more health because yeah. I have the entrepreneurial space and the entrepreneurial vibe going. Love it. Uh, you guys have the health vibe and I'd love to actually show what this drink is, what the, <laughs> the shots are and all those. And then- because that, again, Thrive's mission is to help you guys grow. Um, and knowing that you might not have this location, it doesn't sound like for, for the foreseeable future, you might grow, yeah. outgrow it. I'd love to showcase <laughs> it before that happens. Um, yeah. So we'll get that and we'll end the conversation here. But typically before I end, I want to know uh, who is the perfect type of person to reach out to you guys? So like your, your target customer. And I know you guys might be a little bit broader than most businesses, um, but somebody that's listening uh, that might have a couple questions. Again, I'm a, I'm a questions guy. What are they thinking of in their head right now asking themselves and you'd be the guys to kind of help them along the way? So a lot of what people say when they come in is like, I've tried everything, I've talked to all the people, and they're just not giving me the answers that I can align with, right? That they, that they, not necessarily that they want because they don't know what they want. A lot of times it's like, I just, I know I have these issues, but everything that I keep hearing is the same thing. And I know that doesn't work because it hasn't worked. What, what can you guys do? And we just kind of take it from a holistic approach, right? So like holistic care is our third foundation of the actual, of the actual lounge, the clinic side. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that anyone that wants to just make health fun and understandable and easy, the, the, part of the reason that it was an immediate yes for me is because I've always understood understood his passion for health and, and the way that he makes it very personable for people. Uh, he's so good at an, analogies. Like all the analogies that I use for health and people's like, dude, that was awesome. It's like, yeah, I just got it from him. You know, because <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm very technical. Kind of fifth I grader understand. I want to yeah, hear, yeah. hear the science and how it works because that's just the way that yeah. I resonate with. And so the analogies that I use for different health it just comes from things that I've heard from him because like, I guess that makes sense and it, sometimes to me it doesn't really make sense other than the fact that I know that it helps other people understand it so then I use it <laughs> uh, uh, I would I would say the perfect client is someone who just wants to be healthier it doesn't matter what part of their health journey they're in there's a teachability aspect I always thought I was going to be a teacher my parents are educators I still think I'll be a professor we've talked education many times it's our passion education my goal is to teach a person how to fish. I don't want to just lead them to the river. I want to teach them how to fish. And so I'll do everything I can to get the message across. And so I have to just want someone to say, hey, I want to learn. Tell yeah. me some more information because we'll learn together. And 
just the willingness is what we're looking for. And that's almost anything. You can, you're always going to be a student. It doesn't matter how old you're going to be. I'll talk to 70-year-olds who are fascinated about learning more about their bodies, and it's the coolest thing in the world because it's like the first time they've heard some of this stuff. And when you open someone's eyes to a whole other world, you create a profound ripple effect to where it's a grassroots campaign that it evolves into to where you start a revolution, something that the consumers always have had the power all along. The consumers are the ones who are always going to make the difference in this world because you vote with your dollar. And when you choose to invest into your health, the corporations and the businesses follow suit because people will always be the ones dictating what they want to do with their bodies. And the businesses are always going to be trying to follow the trend. What if you can create the trend? What if you can create and dictate the conversation? If you do that and you become influencers and our job as influencers are really to shape it in a way that I think that most of the people are coming to us asking for, you know, they're saying, Hey, we're looking for this one. It's okay. Well, if this is really what you want, let's create that environment for y'all. Let's create a place of healing that starts with holistic care. Diet, food, relaxation, sleep, nutrition, hydration, and uh, we call it MSW Lounge in Austin, Texas. And if you can't get there, then you can get MSW Nutrition Supplements, and you can get a small taste of that. So that's what we've created, and that's our vision for the world. Um, I'll leave the listeners with one last thing. One of the best books I've ever read in my life, Jim Collins, Built to Last. It's right up there. It's right up there. Baldo (laughs) gave it to me, and it changed the way I look at business in a completely different, I can't put it down. I couldn't. Have I, you read I, Good to Great? I did. Oh, yeah. I will say I like Good to Great, but I like Built to Last yeah. Better. It's more of, from a visionary standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I know you would love, because it's all technical and data and all that with the other yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So I like both. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. just asking. Yeah, yeah. But Built <laughs> yeah. to Last, for any entrepreneur out there, read it. It's great. Uh, it'll give you a lot of great ideas. It's just funny because like we we think completely differently, and sometimes I'm trying to get a message for uh, out to him, and I'll just be like, "Look, just just read this, and you'll get it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's books, and the reason we have a community bookshelf is I'm a very technical guy, I'm a very analytical guy, and one of the things that I've always had a problem with is communication because I'll get frustrated if someone doesn't understand. I'm like. So literally, I have a meeting right after this. One of the ways I'm going to communicate in that meeting is I took screenshots from the book Scaling Up because I can't really communicate it in the way that they need to (laughs) see it. And they'll see it on this ground level and be like, oh, I know what you're talking about now. Because if I just word vomit and people are like, (laughs) just like John with his, like, I need to understand from a fifth grade level first because I'm like you, Baldo. I want to understand health from like this next level. But I can't start there. I've never learned. Like, I don't know what you know in your head. So you got to like break it down in analogies and get me to that point. I've been the same way with business and books have been like the number one way for me to do that is I'm talking systems and all this other shit and people were looking at me because when I first got into consulting I would talk systems all day and they're just like well I don't, I don't really what is a system like what how I'm do you like, get it's this <laughs> yeah. like how do you even like it's you need this pillar this you need finance you need tech you need operations you need marketing you need branding and then they get overwhelmed because like oh my god that sounds like a lot and I'm like no 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 just read this book like yeah. it'll make you yeah. <laughs> that's like, what he does for me he's like just read this book <laughs> read this book and the built to last um I love both of them because built to last like same with thrive you hit on this point a lot throughout this is like if people don't question that you're crazy, like you're not going in the right path. And for Thrive, most people have always asked, like, what is it? I'm like, I don't know. And they just can't fathom that I'm answering with, I don't really know it. Like I'm yeah. waiting for the market to dictate what I should yeah. build. And that's why I built this little incubator space because I found and I, I got one of these ideas from you guys because I saw you giving the health talks and the yeah. the uh, every Wednesday, the lunch, lunch and learns. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, they're making it okay to talk about our health and the things that we're struggling with. But where do business owners get that? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Nowhere. Yep. Like, nowhere can I have conversations that are like, yeah, last month fucking sucked. Yeah, or like, yeah. the, I have this problem. So I was like, damn, I need to create. And I mean, these conversations were happening at Native Hostel and all yeah, these other yeah. areas. I would sit there and talk for you guys in the in the lounge yep. for two hours talking about our business. I'm like, there's no spot where you can just... And if it does exist, it feels like a corporate type of atmosphere yeah, yeah, where yeah. you have to it's like, a meeting it's, it's a, a big meeting. boardroom rather, yeah, like, yeah. rather than like okay come in here read a book pick a book up make some work coffee out, hang make out. some coffee yeah. hang out or whatever so that idea came directly from That's showing awesome. up the MSW lounge and the experiential um, so not to ramble I know you guys got to get running we're over over the hour but last mm-hmm. thing is where can the listeners find you at and reach you uh, man, all the MS, MSW Lounge at MSW Lounge at MSW Nutrition. You can find him on at Nurse Doza, and you can find me at Texmex Yogi TXMX Yogi, and uh, that's about all of them, right? And then of course we have all the Facebook, and we have a website all with the same names. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. Any final thoughts or? pieces to add I, I, I usually like to add something about uh, Henry Ford whenever uh, uh, they asked him like uh, where'd you get the idea for the car kind of deal uh, and it was always like well if I asked people what they wanted they would have said faster horses right and it's and it's interesting to think about it that way because sometimes we get scared about like well people even like this and it's like sometimes people don't know what they want until you make it like your vision to 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 want to share that with them and then they'll enjoy it very much I, I agree with that and but to play off of that I would say people buy mirrors Explain that. People will shop and buy things that hits a pain point for them. So cater to their pain points and you'll never go wrong. Oof, that's a perfect ending spot. And I've mentioned this on on websites before. Too many people are trying to sell rather than catering to the pain point. So if you're thinking about building something out there, there's a couple things that we talked about in this episode. So you're going to want to re-listen. But some of those are making calculated risks Make sure that you're protecting your downside so you're not jumping in too much, um, just like John and Baldo did with the 100-square-foot space. They didn't just <laughs> jump to this 6,000-square-foot warehouse. They're still proving their model out. And then the last thing, which I love most, which was you guys talking about what your two pillars are and having those core values to decide what to say no to because – Let's be real. Money can be made, but the one thing that we cannot get back in our lives is time. And your time is so, so, so valuable. So if you're not happy in your job right now, if you're not happy in your relationship, whatever it may be that you feel like is not sitting right with you, you have the power to change and adapt. And it starts with understanding your mission and your core values so that you can confidently say no to those things that are not bringing you joy, happiness, and kindness in your life. So again, thank you guys so much for listening to the Thrive On Life podcast. This is CJ Finley. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. On behalf of our small team behind the scenes and myself, thank you so much for listening to another one of our Thrive on Life episodes. The time you spend with us is very much appreciated. As mentioned before the show, our mission is always to help those around us get better. We fully understand that we can go so much further in life together as a team, and we'd love to have you be a part of it. So if you're interested in joining our community, please head to thriveonlife.com and join our Mighty Network. Within this network, you will find a diverse group of people that is on a mission of self-improvement. Within each improvement we make as individuals, we can then be of service to this world and help it get better as a whole. What's awesome is we've already had people make new friends, receive job offers, and collaborate on new business and creative opportunities. But most importantly, within this group, you will be guaranteed the ability to learn, grow, and share experiences with other like-minded individuals. This aspect is critical to our world becoming a better place for everyone, and we are proud of our group because it represents this. 
For other updates on the podcast community and business, please join our weekly mailing list. We'd love to hear from you. And before I leave you, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.